0: to go and achieve something like Everest, is that still on the bucket list? Oh, 100%. That's like always been like my North Star. Like to climb Mount Everest without oxygen is like one of the hardest things you can practically do, especially like mountain, Mount Everest isn't like a super technical or hard mountain really, but it's just, it's so big and there's so much volume of the mountain. But When you tie that with not doing it without, with oxygen, like it's just like a whole nother beast. Like more people been to space, more people have won golden globes and they have been to the top amount of Mount Everest without oxygen. Like that's how hard it is, and it's just like you have to be insanely fit and insanely mentally fit to be able to do something like that. Like some of these stories I hear of these dudes back in the 80s with no none of this new equipment and shit, and just like just climbing like pure grit and just like being a second away from death every single second of, of like the some people take like 48 hours to climb from camp four like it's just ridiculous they're up there overnight like literally on death's door because it's like it's like they reckon it's like sprinting with a pillow over your face like just breathing up there and walking like that's how fucking hard it
1: is g'day g'day welcome back to another episode of a lot to talk about recording a double today and i feel blessed to be here before I introduce today's guest, I want to say that if you're listening to this or you're watching this, please give the, sh- the show some love, whatever potty platform you are consuming this on, give us a little subscription, give us that five-star rating, share it around amongst your friends and family. It means the world to me that people get behind this, and we're in the top 5% on Wrapped in 2022. I want to get to the top 1% this year, so that's the goal, and you guys are going to help me get there. Really excited for today's guest. I've known this guy for a little while. I'd consider him a mate. We had plenty of conversations, and over the course of recent months, the training block that this man's been on with his ultra marathon journey, um, the races, the I guess the celebrations for the achievements he's achieved along the way, have been so profound. And I thought I've got to have him on to have a chat about this stuff. And I was hoping to, you know, as we were chatting, bump into each other and get a ten k out. Over the course of this journey, but I just felt like with the year starting and the work year ready to begin, I wanted to catch it before you got back into the full swing of work. So we messaged and made this happen on short notice. So the man sitting in front of me is a friend of mine. He's an ultra marathon specialist now coming fresh off the coast to Cosy. So running from Eden to the top of Mount Osco. Ladies and gentlemen, from your home, your car, or wherever you are, give a very warm welcome to the one, the only, Zachy O'Neill. How are you, brother? Thanks for having me. Bro, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. <clears throat> and it's a pleasure to sit here and talk about something that I now love too. Yeah. You know, running. I don't know that I'd love running as far as you do.
0: Yeah, you probably have been like holding it back with guests, like to talk about, oh, let's talk about running or let's talk about you something. You want to dive like, into it, right? Yeah. And they don't really give a fuck about running because most people don't. But, oh, well, now they're starting to. But they to grow are. Now.
1: Well, I actually spoke to mutual friend of ours, Emily, this morning. And Em was saying, Em um, Taylor, that is. Oh, and, yeah. I said to her this morning, I so said, i got Zachy coming on the show and she goes, you will have no problems getting some run chat out of him. <laughs> he would be loving the opportunity to chew someone's ears off about running. So, Yeah, I lived with her at NZ.
0: Like, that's what I was talk about, was like running and snowboarding and she probably just got so sick of it. So, mm. Yeah, she definitely won't listen to this episode. <laughs>
1: Bro, I'm, I'm happy to hear everything you have to say about running. I just mentioned there, Costa cozy, And for some people, they're probably trying to figure out in their head and map that out. What sort of distance we're talking? We're talking, is it 238 or 240 kilometers?
0: There's like, some people get 240 Ks on their watch. Some people get 246. So it's like, I usually just pick somewhere in between and say like 242 or something like that. Yeah. Or go to the high end, 246. I'm like, yeah.
1: Well, whether it's 240 or 246, bloody hell, it's an achievement and a half. And I don't think many people would even consider running 24 Ks in their life, let alone 240 Ks. But obviously, it's not the journey of just deciding you love running and then going to take on an event like this. It's an event that qu- requires qualification. It's an event that requires years of training and building and you know, going through blocks and other races to gain the experience to even consider taking on a challenge like this. Give us an idea of where the run journey started and, and sort of give us an idea of who you are as a human being too.
0: Well, I started running probably like four and a half five years ago or so i can't remember what year it was but i just started running to get fit and i was really obsessed with like mountaineering at one stage and i still am now but it's taken a bit of a backseat like from the running but yeah i was like obsessed with climbing mount everest and like high altitude mountaineering and the only way to train for that in wollongong is going up sublime with a pack and running so they're the like two best things you can do to train for mountains that we don't even have in australia so I was like, starting to think, what's the best way to train? So I would start running. And then I was in a, like my first relationship at the time. And she'd gone on like some big trip to Central America. And this yeah. was like, I was like 21 year old kid, just like, just partying a lot and surfing and like just reading lots of mountaineering books. Like that's what I was practically doing all the time. It was mostly partying. And yeah, she went to Central America with her best friend. That's probably too much information, but she yeah. So I was running a bit, trying to lose a bit of weight to surprise her when she got back. Yeah. And then we ended up breaking up while she was over there, and I was just like super heartbroken. Eh, like I was just like my first relationship, first girlfriend. I was just like so heartbroken. Yeah. So I just wasn't like, naturally. I just stopped eating like, and uh, you know, like me and you, like we love to eat, Love to eat. And, which is weird for me to not eat. That's when, you know, there's something wrong when I'm not eating. And I was just, like, losing heaps of weight and going on, like, heaps of long walks just to clear my head and stuff like that. And then, like, I just noticed in the mirror I was starting to get skinnier, obviously, because I wasn't eating or, like, I was exercising a lot. Well, I wasn't really exercise. It was just, like, long walks. And then I started to, like, the way I looked in the mirror, and then I'm, like, like if I go for like a two hour walk, I'm going to burn this amount of calories or I could just go for a half an hour run, like down to the bridge and back. Yeah. And i had done that and like, it was only like three K's down to the bridge and three K's back. And I'd so i run the three K down to the bridge and I, I actually had a look the other day and checked, but behind this pole, I used to scratch a mark in the concrete Yeah. Okay. just to see like how many days I could run in a row. And then it like started to fill up like heaps. And yeah, actually, I started, ended up stopped doing it when I got Strava and stuff like that. But I looked the other day and it's still there, which is pretty funny. That's cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, also was, I would run 3Ks down at the bridge, pause my... I had my iPod, I always, like, time it on my iPod. Yeah. And then have a breather and then run back. So it's like, I didn't start out running, like, crazy amounts of distances, like, straight away. It was just, like, 3Ks and then 3K back. So it's just like, 6K runs and then mum's like oh we should do this little race that's in Climber like the Red Cross put it on it's like this like local event and she done the 5k I done the 9k which is like such a weird fucking distance and then yeah I was just like I just really enjoyed it i come like 10th or something and how I'd old even, are you at this point? I would have been 22 at this stage
1: so this is still very early in the pace yeah it
0: was like Probably on my 22nd birthday is was around when all this stuff happened. But yeah. It was actually on my birthday that we broke up. So yeah, I was just freshly 22, just like really lost and just like, like I don't have anything. Like I put all this effort into one person and now I've just like got nothing. And I'm just like, I need need something. And then luckily I just found running and then done a little 6K race, little 9K race, I mean, and then loved it. And then I was like, oh, we should you do City to Surf. So then done City to Surf and like, just fell in love with the whole process of running like it's just all time based it's just you versus you and it's you can just see the progress every single day that you keep putting in the effort like it's the best way to like show how much effort you're putting because you're getting faster it's getting easier
1: mm.
0: and it's just like yeah I don't know it just shows like it's just hard work just gets shown really well in running that's what, that's what I love about it and that's what I fell in love with at that time and then just spiraled from there like half marathon and then I really wanted to go under 130 in the half marathon. So I was just like obsessed with that. And I was snowboarding a lot as well, like down in the snow with my mates. And like that's when I actually discovered the coast of Cozzy because I was somehow heard about it. And we would always drive like some of the route. And I was, I was like, there's people that run from Eden all the way to the top of Mount Cozzy Oscar. My mates were like, no way. That's got it. That's not not real. i like, <laughs> it is. And ever since then, like the seed was just planted in my head. I was like, I don't even think I said I was going to do it back then, but. Just that race is just, like, crazy to even think about it. For sure. Yeah. So then it's just, like, half marathon. But, like, Coast of was probably, like, pushed really far back in my head. It's always, like, the next goal after that, like, half marathon, marathon, 100k, another 100k, mile. Like, it's just, like, I've just, like, constantly gone for the next thing every time, which I probably... A lot of people say when you're young, you should just cruise and just... Do try and get faster at the the lower distances and not move up. That's why most people that do these races are in their, like, early 40s, late 30s. So, yeah, they say you should just chill, but I just, like, up the ante every time because I was just obsessed with, like, that feeling of, like, the next thing, next thing, next thing. But I probably should have, like, just kept doing half marathons for a bit, got a bit faster. But I was just obsessed with, like, just... Just upping the ante every time, just like going crazy.
1: Well, there's something about that challenge that becomes infectious, right? Mm. And and I can probably relate to that in somewhat and some way. And I think that's why I had to do the 50 this year. Yeah, there was part of me that felt like it's almost part of me that got a little bit uncomfortable with the idea that Melbourne Marathon was a success for me. Like yeah, when I crossed the finish line, I actually ticked off a goal and felt like i was in control of that run like i had a plan everything went to plan i didn't have any mental challenges Went too smooth i didn't find you. a point i was like that was too smooth yeah i need to feel pain and like get honest again yeah like to realize that i'm back at the bottom of the mountain and there's some work to be done and yeah i think there's some people who are tapped into that and then there's people that i speak to and you'd have these conversations all the time who are so unaware sometimes of what they're actually capable of because they're stuck in a comfort zone on a certain distance 100 percent. but i speak to people who will say god i don't know how you run 10k and i'm like oh do you run at the moment and they're like oh yeah i've been running 5k every day for the last year and i'm like i guarantee you you yeah, can run 10k definitely <laughs> if you just slowly drop your pace a little bit from that 5k that you run every day yeah. You'd run 10K tomorrow. And if I put a gun
0: to your head, you could run 100Ks right
1: now. 100%. You really like, you, your
0: brain's just holding you back. Like, I don't know what it is with some people, but they're, st- they're just like, it's like, in a, their brain is just like a jail cell. Like, there's so much you can do. There's so much untapped potential in there that you just got to turn the switch off and you can do, like, whatever you want. Like, people just need to understand that. I wish I could just, like, scream it from the fucking top of the mountains. Like, you can literally do whatever you fucking want, just do it.
1: well that's and that's the thing brother because and that's probably the thing that interests me most about ultra and it's it's a community and a a space i've only just started to you know i've watched a bunch of stuff in the space it's a space that i've only just started to physically learn what that feels like and mentally understand it of my recent 50 but that is the surface of ultra yeah you know you've you've gone far further than i have but I was thinking about this this morning and I was chatting to a mate about it. I was saying, I'd love to see links in like neuroscience studies between the way that the mental, the mental fitness connects with the physical fitness, depending on the perception of size of the challenge. And what I mean by that is like, there's days where I'll go out for a 10 K run and at five K is you're like, Oh God, I'm hurting. I got yeah. five to go. But At 5Ks in a marathon, you're never going to say I'm hurting. Yeah, no. Because you know you're only a small way through the perception of the challenge that you've got to conquer. And I think depending on the size of the challenge in front of you is how your brain processes it and feels about it. And it seems as though the bigger the challenge you put in front of you, you can muster up enough mental strength to get to a certain point and then from there it's all dog. Yeah. It's all getting yourself through it.
0: A hundred percent. Like in the like in Costa Cozy. Like, there's been times in my first 100K where I would get to 60K, I'm like, all right, I've got 40 more Ks to go. Like, this is going to be fucking hard. But when I was 60Ks into 240Ks, like, I'm not thinking about that 40. I'm not thinking about the next 40. Like, it's just, like, the bigger the challenge, like, you forget about, like, your limitations that like you set in the past. Like, it's just, like, this is what you got to do. And, like, like, how am I going to finish it? Like, you're not going to... It's just constantly, like, getting elevated each time. Like, For sure. Yeah, it's. Well,
1: it's funny you say that because Soph and I were watching um, your YouTube video on Coast to Cozy and you get to 56Ks to, I think it was like the first checkpoint and or one of the checkpoints. And you were like, I'm feeling pretty chill at this point. I'm only 56Ks in. Yeah. And we both sort of had a giggle and yeah. it's like I, I, that whoever concept.
0: Whoever I've watched that the video with, like they're all like, oh yeah, only 56K. But like if I was, if I looked at it like, oh, I'm 56Ks and this is a long way. Like, there's no fucking way I'd be able to get 240. For sure. Like, you just got to... Your brain just, like, forgets about the limitations you've had in the past and you just got to, like, focus on, like, that race. Because it's... Yeah. And it's all relative, but, like, 56Ks for me doesn't mean that someone that runs 56Ks isn't impressive because that's just, like... Like, someone running 56Ks... Is probably going to have just as much effort and struggle that I did doing 240. Mm. It's just like that's just where I'm at at the moment. And there's people out there that it's like so much more advanced than me that can run across America or whatever, and like doing 240 k's probably isn't that much to them. So For it's sure, like, it's all relative to just like what where you're at at them at that time. That's what's good about running because it's just all relative to like you and your brain.
1: Definitely, I love that, and it's that it's that solo pursuit. When you talk about, I guess, getting comfortable with mental adversity, there and like the growth of your mental fortitude, is that something that you feel like has come through that growth through running itself, or have you looked outside of running and, and sought after literature, podcasts? You yeah, know?
0: it's it's a it's a bit of both. Like like when I first started running. I was pretty, like, insecure. Like, I've been insecure since I was a little kid. Like, I was always a chubby little kid. Mm. Never, like, taking my shirt off. was always, like, a bit socially, like, not awkward, but just, like, not very secure. So, running's definitely transformed that for me because I just realised, like, even when I first done them 6Ks, I'm like, 6Ks is, like, felt like a long way. Like, mum, dad, like, oh, that's really good. That's a long way. And then I'm like, yeah, it is a long way. And then, like, it just keeps, like, I remember there was a time when I was doing City to Surf and I didn't know anyone that was into this stuff. So like City to Surf felt like a big thing for me. I was like, fuck yeah, I ran 14K. Like this is good. And then like you just slowly, I've just, yeah, podcasts and stuff do help and like books like David Goggin's book and stuff like that, Cameron Haynes and listening to podcasts, Rich Roll's podcast as well was helping. Yeah. me. But yeah, I've definitely like running has 100% like transformed the way I think about life and it's like transformed into other aspects of my life as well like with work and like going to the gym and like just like keeping my room clean and shit like that like weird stuff like that like it's just like I want to be perfect at every single thing in my life and that started from running because it's with running it's a pretty simple thing but if you don't do the 1% as right and don't do the simple mm. things right then you're going to struggle to like get anywhere in running yeah. so it's just transformed me into yeah just trying to do everything perfect and have everything go the way I want it to go
1: yeah the pursuit of personal excellence yeah. which is like yeah and personal development and growth which is a rewarding journey whether it be as a runner in your personal life in your relationships whatever it may be yeah it
0: just goes into all aspects of your life definitely yeah even like the little stuff in work like i want to do like everything little perfect things right and it's just like now i've just got the mindset where like if i can run 240ks like i can literally do anything i want to do like if you want to if i wanted to go and be a doctor or something i feel like i could literally go and just work hard and become a doctor which i've never like thought that before i was even talking to someone the other day at a festival and she's like, Oh, I wish I was musically talented. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, mm. just work hard. Like if you want to be a pianist, like just buy a piano and just get a coach and just work hard at it. Like And learn, yeah. talent is not like hard work makes talent all the time. Like don't say that you're, don't put your pigeonhole yourself and say, Oh, I'm not musically talented or I'm, I'm too, too big to run or like, I don't have the frame for a runner or I'm not smart enough to be a doctor. I'm like, you can literally go and do it. You just work hard and you're going to get there. Like, you need to, like, just have a bit of faith in yourself. I, I never had this when I was, like, before I was running, but I was just, like, done all this stuff and I just realized that, like, you can literally fucking do whatever you want. Like,
1: bro, it's so true. And it's funny because you just mentioned a guy there who I've quoted a lot on this podcast, Rich Roll. And there's a famous tweet from Rich that I've mentioned a bunch of times on the pod. And Tim Ferriss read it out on one of their podcasts together and it was. At 52, I reached my athletic, sorry, at 42, I reached my athletic peak. At 44, I started my podcast. At 45, I wrote my first book. Yeah. At 30, I thought my life was over. At 52, I realized it's just begun. And it's that concept for me that is so powerful and so enriching because we're here and, you know, in Australia, we love a bit of, um, we love to take the piss out of ourselves, right? So we hear people say all the time, oh, you know, bloody 30 or downhill from here. Yeah. You know, I hate that You well. know, bloody 50, I, oh, I can't do that sort of stuff anymore. I'm not a young fella anymore. Yeah. Well, of course you can't do that because you're telling yourself that. You know, it's that old saying that the man who says he can and the man who says he can't are both right. Yeah. And the minute you start to, whilst it might feel harmless because you're taking the piss out of yourself, you start to say that enough, that language has an effect on the way you think and mm, the way you feel. 100%. And that for me is someone who hated running and couldn't grasp the concept of why someone would want to run 5k as soon as I changed the narrative in my head and I was doing it for a reason outside of just running 5k for the sake of it like there was a purpose behind the pursuit my progress was just like it was not linear it was crazy it was out of this world for me yeah and it just it's changing that perspective and the way you see what is possible for you in life and i think running for a lot of people in the last two years as we spoke about before we hit record here through covid has become a, a pursuit of their personal excellence yeah a way to level up even if it's not from a competitive <laughs> running space just to level up personally in their own lives the mental clarity you get from it you know the ability to go out and clear your head you know it's it's a beautiful thing to do it's so simple
0: yeah it's very simple and it's like it's it can be expensive if you want it to be expensive but it also can be very cheap like you just get a pair of shoes and just go for a run. You don't need Strava, you don't need headphones. You can just go for a run and just you'll feel so much better for it. Mm. But yeah, I like that quote from um, Rich. Rich is probably I read his book when I first started to get into this stuff as well. And that like finding ultra, yeah, finding ultra. It was just like it's crazy to think like he was like in his forties, overweight, alcoholic, and then all of a sudden like he's just had this crazy rebirth and he's just changed his life completely and he's just at that age, and every, like, I always hate when people say, oh, like, 30's coming up, like, who cares? Everyone else yeah. is getting old just as quick as you are. Like, just start living your life now. Like, the best time to plant a seed is, like, right now, compared to, like, five years ago, whatever the saying is. But, yeah, you can literally, like, you don't have to... Just start when you're 32 It's better than starting when you're 42. Like, just start now.
1: I couldn't agree more, and, you know, for me, I think... You look at the I think there's a lot of hope in the ultra running community because like you said before a lot of the people who succeed at the, at the highest levels of ultra running are in their 40s mm. and which says it's not exactly a young man's game it's a it's a young man's time to grind in the sports a young man's time to gain experience yeah. but you can continue to level up as you age and that excites you because the future looks bright and it looks yeah. long.
0: I don't know if it's if ultra running is for old people because not old people but like older people compared to us. I just feel like most people our age is too lazy to do something like that. Where there's all these there's all these ultra runners doing crazy stuff in their 40s, but there's people like there's genetic outliers that are our age out there that don't know their potential because they haven't got into running. They'd probably be breaking world records if they wanted to, Mm. but because it's something that people find later in life for whatever reason it is. I don't know why, but if there was people our age doing it more, I think the sport would just get elevated like even more than it already is. Yeah. And I think it's starting to now. Like I get my heaps of messages from people like getting into ultras and stuff now. Like when I started doing ultras, I literally didn't know anyone that done it. Like, and now this, I don't know if it's because I'm in the community now, like meeting more people or what, but yeah, when I first started doing it, there was no one doing it. And now there seems to be like a massive uptick in people running. So yeah, the sport's just going like, up and up. It's sick to see. Like, it's going to be interesting over the next couple of years. It
1: is cool to see, isn't yeah. it? Talk to me about, You know, obviously, like I mentioned before, this isn't the sort of race you just go online and buy a ticket to. you you're going to qualify for this sort of thing. It's obviously dangerous to go and run for that long. You know, it took you, is it 37, 27? 27. 27. Yeah. 27. It's a, so a bit weird that it all like worked out like that. sevens.
0: Yeah, so to get into this race, you have to have done 100k and 100 miles. So 100 miles is 161k.
1: Was there specific times you had to complete those races not, in? Not
0: really. The, the It's up to the discretion of the race organizers, but they kind of want you to do like races that are a bit harder because they're all about that. They're trying to protect their finishing rate because they want everyone to finish because they're just like, they're the best people. They're just the biggest legends. And. They want everyone to finish. Like they don't want anyone to DNF. Yeah. Partly, I think a little bit of it's because you get an curve when you finish, and with like, you have to. They have to pay for that curve, like before sure. the race starts. So yeah, I think they kind of don't want you to lose their money
1: in that way. But by the way, that's sick, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's the so. Best. What a trophy! Yeah, it's so sick.
0: Look, it looks a bit weird on my head, but. It's fucking so nah, sick.
1: Nah, bro, you with the long yeah, hair. <laughs> I've
0: seen the photo. It looks yeah. sick. It's just a bit like, it's a bit small, but I, had, I measured my head wrong. I measured it like too low or something like that. Okay. But yeah, they like really protective of their finishing rate. So they, they want you to do like a, like harder races. Yeah. And originally I was trying to do this race two years ago when COVID happened, but which is lucky I didn't because I would have been two years into running. and it was probably not a good idea to do something like that. So I originally wanted to do the UTA 100 as my 100K. And then the weather changed, the plans for that got cancelled over because of the rain. So then I changed and went out and done the West Max Monster in Alice Springs. Yeah, we're wow. it's so 128K. So that was going to be my 100K qualifier. So 128 is obviously better than 100 on paper for the organisers. And it was just so sick out there. Like That place is just insane. Like Alice Springs and like the Red Center, and like we went out to Uluru and stuff. You can see why they like the indigenous people have like that connection out there because it's just like, yeah. it's fucking mesmerizing out there.
1: Beautiful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I ran like along. I want to
0: go out there so bad. Yeah, like, definitely do. It's a little bit expensive, but like it's so worth it. We ran from um along the larapinta Trail, okay. Like, there's nothing, like, there's literally nothing out there, so you just like running along this trail and there's like some through hikers and stuff like that but it's just you and the desert and like it feels like you can see all the way to all Uluru, but Uluru's ages away it's just like you're on this mountain range in the middle of the desert it just feels like you're just out of like like yeah have, have you read the book tracks before no By i haven't Robin davidson so this chick walked from in the 70s from alice springs all the way to shark bay in western australia yeah where well, yeah. three camels and she's like like, it was just the most insane story, and I'd, I was reading that at the time, and it was just like, I could just picture her walking through there with, like, three camels, and the place is just, like, amazing. So if you ever get the chance to go out there, definitely go out there. It's, yeah, it's so special. So then i done, done that race. I had an alright race, but I wasn't super happy with it, because I was trying to, I wanted to win that race. I come second, but the guy that beat me was just, like, a bit of a gun, so it was kind of hard to... What
1: was your time for that?
0: 20 hours.
1: And how how much elevation? Um,
0: Fuck, I don't even remember how much elevation. There's a fair bit of elevation, but it's just like the elevation, it's just like rock, like you like rock climbing practically. Like I've got a, there's a video on my YouTube. I just filmed on my GoPro, on my phone and stuff and just put it all together into a clip and it it kind of shows what it's like. But there's like, like picture like a water rapids, like white river rapids, like picture that but dry. And that's what like the tracks, like a lot of it's like that. So it's like really slow going. And my quads just like got super beat up, and my feet were just fucked, and it was like I pretty much had to like march the path the last like little bit in, so I wasn't like super happy with that, but I still was like still all right, mm. and yeah, the guy that that beat me was just a just a weapon. But once I finished, I was just like super happy to have experienced that out there because it was super special. So that was my hundred k qualifier, and then. I tried to get into Coast Cosy last year, but COVID brought everything forward. So I was planning on doing a hundred mile race in the August of last year to qualify for Coast Cosy, which is in the December. But it got postponed because of uh, COVID lockdown to like the end of no the end of October, start of November. So it would have been too close for me to. I could have went and done hundred miles. I was planning to do hundred miles by myself in the streets during a lockdown, but we only had have five k radius. Yeah. So I was like, "Do I do five k loops and have this as my first mile, or would I just do the mile that's in a couple of months and just do coast cozy next year?" So that's yeah. what I ended up doing because it would have been a bit shit doing fucking five k loops around.
1: Not the same my experience, is it? yeah. no,
0: nah, it's just it would have been pretty shit. Cool story, but would have been shit. So yeah, done the mile at the end of um, end of October, start of November last year, and that was my a qualifier for this race so that was the gnw up in gosford it's like yep. starts at Patonga beach and then goes up it used to start in newcastle and then finish at Patonga beach along the great north walk the gnw walk but it's just like a logistical nightmare so they they scrapped it because the council was just being pricked on them or something apparently yep and then they've just made it like loops through, through the bush and it's just like so overgrown and it was just like almost like an orienteering like there's no course markings and it was just like an orienteering mission practically and it was fucking so hard it was yeah it was um, such a mission
1: you won that race though didn't you
0: yeah come first the field wasn't like super deep but it's just like a yeah local community race type thing it's like the race was kind of held in like it was a pretty big race in australia when within the old course was was on but now I think it's like two years of this new course so I don't think the fields go as deep but I was still happy to still happy to win I just wanted to have a good day of course it was, yeah it was pissing down rain like the last like from like maybe 120k to like 106k it <laughs> was just pissing down rain and it was like I was just going getting a little bit delirious and my mate was pacing me and it was like we like got lost a bit and we were just like I was just like tripping it was like I was I don't know what being, like, acids on, but I can imagine it's probably something similar to that. Something similar, like, like yeah. just losing your mind. Yeah, no, like, hallucinations, but, like, just, like, I couldn't tell. Like, I'm really good with directions usually, but yeah, I was just, like, yeah, in this, like, delirious state And I like, couldn't tell, like, directions were just, like, cooking me.
1: What about, like, perception of depth and stuff when you're moving through thick yeah. bush like that?
0: especially at night when you just got the head torch. Like, the tree looks like it's fucking all the way there but it's actually like Mm. right in your face and then you just like getting smacked in the face but you don't even care at that point your legs are like screaming at you so you're just like and your hips are just my hips were like so locked up and i was just like hobbling
1: hobbling it's funny because you've sort of nudged me a couple of times to give the trail stuff a go right because i've never really done trail yeah i think i've done one trail in my life and it was loosely a trail right and for me puckies is a trail for anyone who knows yeah it's still nice Still nice yeah. for there, right? But I never touched trail because until like October last year, I had really bad eyesight. So I'd go for a run in the morning along the road and fucking trip over. It was dark enough. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so, so like to
0: trip over on the trails.
1: I've, I've taken that much skin off my hands running yeah. on the roads just with shit eyes. But I got my eyes lasered, which has just leveled up my game. So now I'm like, maybe that's the next step because I'm loving running on the road at the minute. But you kind of want to like foolproof your love for something that you hold close, right?
0: Going on trails is just like, you just feel like, it sounds cliche, but you're like so connected to like the bush. And especially when you're running by yourself, like we're so lucky having the Royal National Park like close to us because that place is just insane. Like you got 30 Ks of like some of the nicest coastline. There's barely any like infrastructure there except for the trail you're on. Mm. And it's just like you're out in nature like that's the second oldest national park in the world after yellowstone wow i didn't know that yeah that's how old it is and it's like it's just so pristine and yeah just running on trails especially up there it's just the best thing like it's like it's almost like a different sport it didn't even feel like you're running 30k like you're just like out in the exploring yeah
1: well i love that you say that because one of the questions i was going to ask you with a mountaineering background and interest in that how much does that connection to nature connect you naturally to the trails? Like, now that you're there and you're in that space, do you think that it's almost inevitable you were going to end up here at some stage?
0: Yeah, looking back, a lot of the mountaineers that I would follow and read their books, like, they were all into running and into nature and into rock climbing and stuff like that. So it's just, like, to be able to move through the mountains and it's it's like a playground, like, when I, was, sure. when I was living in NZ, like I was spending so much time in the mountains just running up there and snowboarding and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know, the mountains are just like, they just draw you, they just draw you in. Like it's just, it's the best fucking thing. And like the trails are the closest thing we can get to to those mountains. Like i just come back from a down the coast hiking yesterday and the day before that. And just, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just like to sit there and have like a view... And just to be able to take all that in and just, like, you just feel like you're a part of, like, the earth. Like, because we are just animals at the end of the day, so.
1: 100%.
0: Yeah, and running on trails, like, a bit of exercise. You get the endorphins from, like, the exercise. And, like, you're out in nature in the green. Like, they call it the green doctor for a reason, so. Yeah. The blue doctor, the ocean. Green doctor, the forest. And then the orange doctor, the sunrise. It's like, if you get all three of those things in one day, like, you're laughing.
1: It's funny, because i watched your story a couple of days ago now, just before you went camping and you put something up on your store and you said if anyone's keen to come out and camp yeah for two days this is what your view will look like and you yeah. posted was that a photo you'd taken yeah yeah bro that
0: was magic yeah that, that place is insane the butter down Black like, west of alladulla and i love taking people there for the first time because like even i forget how amazing it is when i get out there and when, when you see that for the first time it's just like when i see people's faces it's just like the best feeling like
1: so, so how did you get into this? Because it seems to me that like camping and especially camping, like rough camping like that, that's kind of something that most is passed down to most people. Like they go with their yeah. old man or their family and, you know, something you've learned as you've gone time and time again every year in your school holidays and yeah. eventually get to the age where you start to do it yourself and with your mates. Yeah, or I have you just picked this up?
0: Yeah, I've just picked it up. Like even running and stuff, like my mum's a runner now, but before that, like, they were never into that stuff or never take me hiking. Like we used to always have a caravan down the coast we'd go to and like dad had a boat and like we'd li- we've lived on a boat for like a month and stuff, our own boat, and like the yep. Sundays and stuff like that, but never anything like hiking like that. I remember I discovered the Butterwangs. I was at TAFE one day in the library. It's like this old rundown TAFE Mm. And then there was. This I'm massive, writing these down, uh, by the way. There's this massive, yeah. I'll give you all the info.
1: Yeah, give it to me after. And there was this
0: massive poster on like this old, like poster on the walls, that like, crinkled on the edges and stuff. And it was said the butterwangs. I'm like, where the fuck is that? So I looked it up, and I'm like, holy shit, this is like, down the coast. <laughs> and then me and my mates, like, I somehow conned my mates into going down there. Like a couple of weeks later, and it was just like the best thing. I had the craziest weekend. Everyone was like, we just like slept in this massive K or not massive K. It was like. Slept in this little cave at the top of this cliff and had a fire. I just, like, had the best weekend and had the best views. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, got into it. I don't even know how. I've, I've always been obsessed with Mount Everest. But, like, I don't know if it was the challenge or, like... But ever since I was a kid, I've just always been obsessed with Mount Everest. And, like, I think I'm just constantly chasing, like, that feeling of, like, mountains and nature and stuff like that. But I think it's all stemmed from probably watching the Everest movie when I was a kid and, like, reading, like, always... Would ask mum for like Mount Everest, like books and stuff when I was for Christmas and shit like that. I don't even know why, I've just been obsessed with it.
1: Do you think, like for you now, you've gone down this rabbit hole of running, which, whilst it's not far from mountaineering in, in many senses of being out in nature and, and being physical, it's still a very different pursuit at the peaks of, you know, no pun intended, at the peaks of yeah. what you're trying to achieve to go and achieve something like Everest. Is that still on the bucket list?
0: Oh, 100%. That's, like, my – my always been, like, my North Star. Like, to climb Mount Everest without oxygen is, like, one of the hardest things you can practically do, especially, like, mountain – Mount Everest isn't, like, a super technical or hard mountain, really, but it's just – it's so big and there's so much volume of the mountain. But When you tie that with not doing it with, with oxygen, like, it's just, like, a whole nother beast. Like, more people being to space – more people have won golden globes and they have been to the top of mount everest so without oxygen like that's how hard it is and it's just like you have to be insanely fit and insanely mentally fit to be able to do something like that like some of these stories i hear of these dudes back in the 80s with no none of this new equipment and shit and just like just climbing on like pure grit and just like being a second away from death every single second of of like the some people take like forty-eight hours to climb it from Camp Four. Like it's just ridiculous. They're up there overnight, like, literally on death's door. Because it's like it's like they reckon it's like sprinting with a pillow over your face, like just breathing up there and walking. Like that's how fucking hard it is. Yeah, so are. that's that's always been my north star, and that's something I one hundred percent do. Like, I might not be till I'm forty or whatever, but like I just know I'm gonna I'll climb Mount Everest, like at some point.
1: Because with Everest, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have to go over obviously get comfortable at base camp get used to the altitude but then it can be like a process of waiting for the right conditions yeah and you have to, to, make to them climatize
0: move. and stuff like that as well so there's four camps on the way up so there's base camp and you go up to camp one camp two and then camp three but most people skip camp two usually and then you go up to camp four which is like at the start of the death zone okay. and it's just like you've got to like go up to like maybe camp two for two nights and you come back down to base camp, rest, and then you just let your body acclimatize to the the altitude. Okay. So yeah, it's a it's a really long process. There's ways now that they do it where they'll just climb like a little easier peaks like at 6,000 meters because Everest is at eight, like over 8,000, 800, 8,848 meters. So you've got to like acclimatize like up and down the mountain and do all yeah. those different things. And it's, yeah, it's it's a long game. It's like some of them take like three months to climb it. From start to finish. Like, yeah. Like, not three. Like, it obviously, doesn't take three months to get base camp to the top, but you just got to do all these things to prepare yourself and got to stock all the camps and pick a good day because it's getting really crowded now. You got to, like, pick a really good day to go or you're going to, like, get stuck behind all these lines and shit because it's pretty narrow up the top. Like, it's only a one way path that you can't, like, really cross or you'll fall, like, three, literally three kilometers down the Kangshan face next year or you fall into bloody China that side. Like, it's. It's like, yeah, it's like the ultimate, like, test, I reckon, of, like, endurance and mental strength. So I'm hoping by doing all these things, it's just going to lead me up to that. And, like, I've got some pretty big goals I want to do running, but, like, that's, like, the big one. And I have a a running goal that's tied in with Everest as well that I want to do one day. But Everest with no oxygen is, like, my North Star.
1: Can I ask, how much of you feels compelled to share this journey with other people you know, obviously we're here talking about on a pod and yeah. you know, you've got the YouTube videos, which I, I highly suggest people go and watch because that was really interesting to watch you coast to cozy recap and yeah. done that with your your 100 miler and your 100k as well. Yeah. But like how much of you feels... Because this is something I was I was chatting to a mate about this yesterday. On the journey of doing my 47 days straight of 10k's at the moment, which is powers in comparison to what you're doing, but I'm sharing every day of that journey. And part of that is because... essentially this is the sort of stuff that I do now yeah however part of me feels like post this challenge I kind of want to go away from sharing as much and be a little bit more like just the pursuit for myself and enjoy it for myself and like just enjoy the daily art of getting out and like running and moving my body and enjoying what that does for me mentally and physically and not feeling like I'm obliged to share that with everyone yeah so where do you sit on that
0: well if you enjoy that like then hundred percent go for it. Like you're spreading the message out there and like, you've probably inspired more people than what you even like think of. Like even the haters will get like inspired by it. Like, yeah, like everyone's watching and for that's, that's, sure. that's, what's cool about it. Like I've just always, I still do worry about what people think too much probably. Cause I do want to share this. Like if I had, I'd love to have like someone follow me around and just film it, the shit I do all the time and like make like my life out of it. But, I'm kind of battling with that now. Like, do I start to like go heavy into that side of stuff? Because I do enjoy like editing videos, and like, I think, I think everyone thinks their opinion opinion matters, but I think my opinion matters, and I would I would want to get it out there. I probably just don't do that enough. But if you enjoy do like doing that, then hundred percent, just go for it. Like, just do whatever you want to do. Like,
1: it's a good point, isn't it? It's getting. There's a Jay Shetty quote I love. Heard him on a podcast, and he's probably one of the guys I watch and listen to the most because I think what he's achieved. Um, is far more spiritual than what I'm trying to achieve. But the sort of direction he's had in his career path is definitely something I'd like to follow Mm. and and do it in my own authentic way. But I heard him on a podcast and they said, what's something you don't value that you used to value? And he said, being understood. And that clip has sort of weighed heavy on me for the last six months since I've seen it, just thinking about how so much of what we do feels as though there's this need to have others approval and coming to grips with like little things like, you know, being comfortable with if I'm filming myself on a 42 K run, there's a point where I'm probably going to look like shit and it's okay. Yeah. The world sees me at that state. Yeah. And you know, but but that vanity metric is hard to tackle sometimes. And I think that's often people's barrier for, for sharing is how they're going to look or how they're going to be perceived.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Like even with that, with that video that I made, like my best mate Dil Arbella he put it all together but I was still like he would still like have to ask me if like it's alright before we done it cause like I, I was like obviously caring about the way I looked or if I looked too fucked in that video or if I looked stupid in that video like I but I shouldn't care about that cause that's like part of the story and I should've just like for sure just yeah I've gotta try and learn to just relax and just like there's no point trying to portray yourself on the internet like if you're not that person like you're gonna get found out like for sure, you're always going to get found out, like, so you might as well just try and be yourself,
1: like,
0: bloody Earth. yeah, you're 100% got to get, like, if someone sees you on the internet, and they, oh, they think you're, like, this person, and they meet you in real life, and like, what the fuck, that dude's not, like, nothing like that, so we've all like, had those experiences, yeah. right, where so we've that, met someone, and we go, yeah,
1: you're not who you make yourself out to yeah, be, exactly, so that's
0: why I, I do try and, like, just put myself out there, like, I am in real life. I think that's a pretty sure. important thing to do. But I still, not perfect. I still do hide some shit or like try and make myself look cool than what I actually am sometimes <laughs> or like something I wouldn't say. But I yeah, I just try and make myself look as real as possible.
1: I love that, brother. And
0: on the internet and in the videos and stuff like that.
1: I love that. Talk to me about the prep because that was one of the most probably impressive things for me is watching your prep leading up to Costa to Cozy. And what I think some people may not appreciate is how much it takes, how much resilience it takes, how much mental fortitude it takes to get up, do the work required to be physically and mentally prepared while still, you know, working a job, having a life outside of running.
0: Yeah, it was probably, started to get a little bit too much there towards the end. Like I was too obsessed with it and I was missing out on opportunities with my family or friends or stuff like that because I was just so obsessed with just like, getting up every day and just like grind it every single day and yeah it's like that's what it takes but also you kind of have to have a little balance a bit of balance because it just like you all you're doing is training sleeping and eating practically Yeah, and it stuffs with your hormones and stuff and started to get a bit much towards the end but so that's why I'm trying to find that balance next time but yeah the prep was just like I don't know you have to have an insane prep if you're going to do an insane race so I was just like Every single day, wake up, go to work for, like, physical job, bending over all the time, like, lifting boxes. You're like, sparky, like, yeah? No, nah, I lay floors at the moment. I got my okay. trade in landscaping, but I'm laying floors with, like, all my best mates, which is, like, a blessing. because Although I was bending over, and that's why I got, like, my knees got injured. But besides that, like, it's just so good working with my mates. Like, it but doesn't yeah. really feel like work. And it's just, like, the biggest weight off my shoulders now. So that's that was a good thing about the prep. But, yeah, just, like you're running every day and like I'm trying to go to the gym three days a week as well so I'm trying to put on like a bit of size and stay a bit bigger but yeah you just gotta get up and just like like when you gotta get up and it's pissing down rain you got a 50k run to do you're just like fuck yeah let's get it done like it wasn't even like an issue for me like I was just like Love it. loving it so much and I was just like fuck yeah let's
1: go like cause you were doing Saturday long runs?
0: yeah my coach was giving me Saturday long runs and then I'd do like a a little like maybe like towards the end it was like maybe like 16k on a Sunday or something like that but it was just like kind of like fatigue myself heaps on a on a Saturday and then on the Sunday I would just like run on tired legs and just like kind of back up trying with to a moderate mimic, effort yeah just trying to like mimic like race conditions kind of because you're gonna be running on tired legs at one For point sure. so yeah and what, we we not really doing too much like like a little bit of speed work but nothing like too crazy and just like lots of heel reps and stuff like that
1: so what was your, like, how long was your training block leading into Costa Cozzy? It was,
0: like, obviously I was running all year,
1: like, after the
0: West Max 1 star, that was in May, uh, like, it was going to be a long time before I started training for Costa Cozzy, because I, I didn't even know if I'd gotten in yet, and... Yeah,
1: so we're talking May 22?
0: Yeah, May 22, and then after that, I just was like, oh, I should do something fun, like, so four weeks later, I done a little um, half marathon in Kayama. like I've seen just that. along Fuck, the quick, along hey? the trails. Yeah, it was like I come second in that race as well. So I'm starting to get good at come fucking second, which is annoying. <laughs> but it was good to just like because usually you're like twelve week block and you're leading up to a race, and it's just like train, 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 train and no fun. Yeah. Whereas now in that gap, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have fun. I'm like actually start doing some races that I like I actually enjoy. So I done yeah that little that little 21k. I was pretty happy with that. Like I hadn't really been doing any like crazy training in the lead up to that cuz I was recovering from West Max, which I was pretty beat up after that. And then I'm like, all right, I want to get my actual like a flat half marathon down. So we I done a little um race in Campbelltown, which was actually wasn't that little, it was pretty big Campbelltown half. And then after that, what would you run that in? Uh, 118.50, I think. Well, I wanted to go on, I wanted to go on to 120 and then... That's
1: so quick.
0: Yeah, so I had like eight weeks of like dedicated like speed work, which was like really fun. And I was longest, my long runs probably like an hour 30, so nothing like too crazy. It was just like all speed work and just the lead up to that. So but
1: what's what's that, like 405s or something? Or quicker?
0: Uh, it's like 348s, I think it was. Oh my God. Or maybe that's... 343s.
1: Sure. Bro, that's disgusting.
0: Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty quick. It was that's good like, to a like bloody one k effort. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that's what um like the aerobic base does. Like I barely done any sprints in the lead up to like that, and then like just a little bit of dedicated like speed work. It just shows like how far I can go. Like after you do your forty seven days of ten k, like your aerobic. Like capacity is going to be so big, and like if you just do a little bit of speed work, like you'll be amazed at what was I have to doing. do a
1: little speed block and then, um, yeah, try to hit a 5k PV yeah, or something. Yeah, fuck it
0: up. Go down to fucking North Gong Park Run, there, yeah, exactly. There. And then, yeah, and then, so yeah, I just had a little, um, like had fun in between that, and then 12 weeks out, it's when I like we battened down the hatches and started to like go go pretty ham with it. So I was just, like, started out like 80k a week, and then. Over that 12 weeks, my peak week ended up being about 120k a week. with like, 3k elevation in it through the whole week. So, we're trying to, like, get a lot of elevation in. So, I'm kind of, like, I'm definitely on the lower side of mileage for most ultra runners. Like, most of the people that are doing that race, like, I've seen some people doing, like, 200km weeks. Mm. But there's no fucking way I could handle 200k a week. So not yet anyway like eventually i'll be able to handle that for sure but my body's like i haven't been running long enough and i'm probably a bit too heavy to be doing 200k a week so yeah. you don't have to do 200k a week but a lot of people like the sweet spot for most people is like 160k a week so yep. if i could build my way up to that i think that would be that'd be pretty decent if i could hold like do that like for a lot of weeks in a row because it's just all about consistency like for you, sure you can like my biggest week was 120, but if I could have run 160k one of those weeks, but I would have been fucked. Like, if you if you can't consistently just do that every single week, then there's mm-hmm. no point even doing it. Like, consistently good's a lot better than occasionally great. So, especially with running, like, I was just trying to bank up. Or oh, my coach was the one fucking telling me what to do. But, like, we were just trying to bank up as much as we could. Yeah. So, yeah. My peak week was 120k. Lowest week, probably, like, 80k. So, nothing, like, too crazy, but...
1: It's still impressive though, isn't it? And it's, it's funny for me because one thing that I took from your training block in the lead up that, you know, we spoke about a fair bit was your nutrition. Yeah. And yeah, that's a big thing for me. Probably that's the thing that I reckon I've struggled with just even in like my Mara's and my, my Ultra is really, unless I'm running more than 30K, I'll just go out fasted on, I'll take some hydration, some yeah. sodium. Go out fasted and not have anything, and I realized that the old idea of like oh two weeks out from a I'll start to test some gels yeah hasn't served me all that well
0: yeah that's that's you're just waiting for asking for trouble doing that bloody but oath like if you people do do the like fat adaptation thing like running fasted but you need to have that in like throughout your whole life as well like if you're going to be keto on your long runs you need to be keto throughout the, your whole week and like your whole life practically to so get you're that fat adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone like loves to go on about fat adaptation because like you're just burning fat instead of like carbohydrates that are in your muscles because you don't have any in there. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I just look at the best in the world and those guys aren't keto, so like I'm not going to be keto either for sure. But yeah. you've got like you have like cystic fibrosis. Obviously, doesn't like you. Did you say you had like diabetes from cystic yeah, fibrosis? Yeah. So
1: for me, the challenge is if I have too much carb pre. Yeah then my blood sugar spikes, spikes and drops yeah. really low so i found though once i start running i can have as much carb as i like because my body's absorbing it yeah so it's not affecting my blood glucose level but before i run if i eat it's got to be like well balanced between fat and carb mm. but then i found what works well for me and somewhat worked well for me in melbourne was just i went faster that morning had heavy carb dinner that night so i had a bit of carb backloading but then once I started running, I was getting in plenty of carb. But still, like, I was... I think I had three and a half gels and one dinosaur lolly that a little kid on the side of the road gave me at about 30Ks. And it got stuck to the roof of my mouth too, yeah. the little shit. I, I was like, you stitched me up here. Yeah,
0: the natural confectionery ones, don't, yeah. don't they stick pretty bad? They stick pretty bad. Did you do, like, a carb load leading into it, like we were talking about? Or did you just... A little
1: bit. A little yeah. bit the day before. I, I still... One of the things I struggle with is like digesting and not getting too bloated.
0: Yeah, that's a hard thing, especially like when I, if you do a proper carb load for me, like I was trying to hit like 800 grams of carbs. I don't know if, if you don't know what, like how much grams, 800 grams of, of carbs, and that's a fucking lot of food in one day. And I do that two days out because you just really want to like load your muscles with like all heaps of glycogen so you can just like, they're like overloaded and like overflowing practically. And it's, that's it's fucking hard, especially if you've got to like worry about like, Balancing it with proteins and, and fats and stuff like Do that. Do you feel so, heavy
1: like, on the day of a race? 100
0: percent. You feel so shit. Like, going to bed the night before Costa Cozy, I felt fucking so shit, like so bloated and just like you feel that heavy. But it's like most people will feel that. Like if if you're doing a carb load, probably you're probably gonna feel like that. Yeah. So yeah, I, like I'm just a, I love like counting my macros and stuff and nutrition and shit like that. So like it wasn't really an issue. But I just yeah. I, love that
1: side of things so what would you say so you got to a point where you were training on 100 grams of carbs an hour but you weren't really having that in the event were you?
0: yeah no it's i knew i probably wouldn't be able to get 100 grams of carbs in unless i was just like smacking the gels yeah but in training i was just like i was eating like rice and peanut butter like cakes that i would make or like lit, like massive bagels of like nutella on it like i got myself to the point where i could eat like a whole bagel while i was running and not stop stride like run like five minute k's of like a bagel and eat it that's which it. is i can do that at the, at the start of races but towards the end of like Costa cozy i was like like the thought of of solid food just made me feel so nauseous and yeah like i probably could have got it down without like throwing up but i was just like no nah, like my knees were cooked at that point anyway so i was just like fuck it i'm just gonna get this finished and just on gels and tailwind and i'll paying for it like the couple of days after the race like i was like paying for it like really badly stomach doesn't love it, eh? yeah no i was just like like i'm not going to go into the details but it was like leaking out of me it was just so bad like that shit is just so not good for you when you're like 37 hours into a race like you need to have solid food solid
1: food what's funny because even on my 50 i got to i was on antibiotics which is not obviously not ideal for your gut health i was on antibiotics for two weeks before it and my stomach hadn't been feeling great and the morning of, I kind of thought I felt okay, like starting, and I had, I was having a gel every six k. That was the plan, and I was having some like full sugar powerade as well.
0: Is that like forty every forty five minutes or so?
1: Yeah, about that. Yep. Probably, and you probably need a bit more than that. Probably need a bit more, yeah. yeah. And I got to, I got to fifteen k. And I said to my mate, oh, my stomach does not feel good at all. <laughs> no. like, and when you're 15Ks into a 50, you're like, the last thing you want to think is oh, yeah. like, oh, I don't feel good. That's it's constantly in the back of your mind as well. You're like, fuck, I gonna have to shit at one point. <laughs> Bro, I got to 20Ks and I was like, I think I'm going to shit myself or spew. Like, I'm not sure, but I just don't feel great. And then so like, it's that's starting to have a negative oh, yeah. impact on the way you're thinking about the next bunch of Ks. And we got to 30 and the plan was to go inland towards like Kiriville, Gwynville. And I said to my mates, I said, I honestly don't think I can go away from a toilet for the next 10Ks. Like, we've got to hug the coast. Do around you know, toilet. Exactly. <laughs> and thankfully, my stomach held up, but I spewed in my mouth at 32 and accidentally swallowed it because oh, I was cool. just yeah. that Not tired. Any carbs, yeah, so. using <laughs> the carbs. And then I was like, I've got to, next thing I do, I've got to train on nutrition properly. Because yeah. it, it would have been vital. in the back
0: of your mind as well, like having that constant it would have been something that you were just like worried about for sure would have been taking your mind off the race so all the run that you were doing so yeah if you just try and like and it sucks because like i love like finishing a long run and just like binging on some like heaps oh, of same food. like even if it's just like a big salad if i'm gonna have a salad i'm gonna eat like fucking five people's worth of salads. i just yeah. love food so much so when you're on a long run and you're like oh i'm eating all these calories that i don't get to eat after but you just like i had to get myself out of that mindset because you like you have to train guys it's like crucial if you sure. have a good race cause especially in a marathon like you need to like train it like really like get a spot on
1: to go back to the mental side of things what has the journey of the last four or five years and especially this last two really diving into some serious ultra running what has it taught you about yourself
0: yeah I was like I was a pretty insecure kid back in the day as I said before but like the further I run and the more like people reach out to me and just tell me how amazing it is, like, it's, like, boosted me up a bit, like, yeah. and I just realised, like, like I fucking literally can do whatever the fuck I want, like, any race in the world, I'm gonna finish it, like, I might, I might, like, not have a good day, or, like, I might not have the time goal out of me, but I'm 100% gonna finish, unless my leg's fucking snapped in half, like, I'm gonna finish, like, and I just realised that from all these races, like, you can literally do whatever the fuck you want to do, like, if you, if you have a, like goal in your mind that you want to do, and the only thing stopping you is like your brain, like that's the only thing stopping you. Like, yeah, your leg is gonna hurt, but no one's ever died from sore legs. Like, you can literally just keep. Like, if you can't run, just fucking walk. If you can't walk, just fucking crawl. Like, you can finish it. There's nothing that's gonna stop you.
1: And it's what you say there. Your actions speak louder than your words because you got to that point in the race where. I believe it was 60 odd K to go and your legs were rooted, your knees were sore. Yeah. And it got to a point where you knew you were just going to have to move extremely slow to get to that finish line. And I think one thing I see, one one thing that I think I love about people who are coming into the sport, but aren't necessarily considered the professionals is it's almost this standard amongst some professionals that if it gets to a point where Things slow down too much and they can't move at the pace that they'd hoped.
0: Yeah, like what's the point? They just DNF. Yeah.
1: But I love that, like, your mindset was not, I oh, came okay, in to missed the goal. It was, well, I might miss the goal that was very lofty to begin with, of sub for yeah. 30 hours, but I'm going to make sure that across the finish line because I'm going to be proud of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was like, like when you realise that you've got 80K still to run and your knees are like, fucking starting to hurt like a lot you're like you yeah you see what you're made of like when i got to that point in the race i was i had pictured getting to that point just being like feeling so good and just like running into jinder just like keep strong and being able to run the last 60k and then just like like finishing like the way i envisioned to do it but i got to like yeah there was like 65k left to go and then jinder like a major checkpoint that you get to and i I'd always picture running down that hill into the checkpoint, just feeling like so good. But when I got to the top of the hill and I was just like, I had to walk down the hill like backwards for some of it because my knees were just fucking like so swollen and so painful that I don't even know what the fuck was wrong with them. Like I still don't even know what was wrong with them now, and like I just couldn't run. I couldn't take a step. It was it was like the fucking shittest feeling in the world. And I got to the checkpoint, and like I'd put so much time and effort into this. I got to the checkpoint and like I had my, like my best mates there and, and mum and dad and my mate was filming me and he'd, he'd stopped filming and like I didn't know why he stopped filming and mum and dad had this look on their face cause they'd never seen me like that. And they're like, after the race, I'm like, we were going to like, we thought you were going to drop out there. Like Dylan stopped recording because he thought you were going to drop out. But like, I've never DNF'd anything in my life. I don't know why the fuck they thought that. And I was, like I said to him, like, I can't run. It's either I drop out now, I think about this for the rest of my fucking life because I'm going to hate myself. Or I just walk the next 65K and just get this finished and get it done. For sure. And I felt like, I felt really bad because it's so much effort for these, like my crew to come down, mum and dad and the boys to come down, give up work, like stay up all night, like feed me, rub fucking sunscreen on me and my chest hair and shit and like, force feeding me food and just like practically bathing me for the past 180k for me to get there and say oh i've got to like i'm gonna drop out here or like i've got like i even felt bad about saying oh i'm gonna walk for the next eight ten hours because like i can't run and like Mm. i'm sorry but like i felt really bad about it yeah but like they didn't give a fuck like they were down there anyway but yeah it was just the shittest feeling to like get there and just realize that i'm like not gonna get the time that I wanted, but like finishing was is non negotiable. Like I'm hundred percent gonna finish like no matter what. So always always have to fucking finish what you start.
1: For sure. When do you think you'll go back to to Cozy?
0: Probably gonna be this year now because I was planning on getting to UTMB, but it didn't happen. So I'm gonna try and plan my the year around going back to to Cozy now. So I'll just have to do 100k race, which I'll do if i do the buffalo stampede or i'm going to be in europe for most of the year so i'm just going to probably pick a race over there to do so yep. yeah yeah okay. if you done coast to Cozy last year you just have to have done 100k before the next sign up so yeah it'll just be like i'll just do 100k and i'll probably be back to coast to Cozy. i
1: love it i love it to tackle those demons again yeah i'll be oh, like if
0: i'm gonna fucking nail that race before i die so i'll be back every year until i do it
1: hopefully different color of cubra this year eh
0: Oh no, you get you get like a pin that you put on each thing. Okay, nice. So there's some I people like that, that have got like twelve pins on their hats, just like cover their hats just covered in like coaster positive things. Hey? Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's sick. But yeah, just like yeah, you get one accrued when you finish and then you get hat pins in it for the rest.
1: So. I think that. Well, not only am I inspired by what you're doing and I love watching it, I know so many people listening to and watching this will be inspired to either take their first steps in the world of running or the world of ultra or trails, whatever it may be. Or even the first steps just in the physical pursuit of excellence, right? Yeah. But I guess before we finish this up, I'd be really interested, whilst you're going to inspire so many now with your actions, who's been the most inspirational character for you to look at, whether it be in this space or just in life itself, to really drive you or motivate you to pursue that best in you?
0: That's hard because I look up to so many people so many sportsmen so many like scientists and stuff like that but like you can always like throw out your david goggins and like my favorite mma fighters and my favorite triathletes and stuff like that but i kind of just take a collection and just take everyone's like excellence from every single person and just try and mold that into my own thing like mm. i like there's no like single figure out there that i look up to and be like oh you're like like yeah it's it's just, like, it's mountaineers, it's MMA fighters, it's, like, scientists, it's, like, just people that are excellent, like, even, like, the way you speak on stage and stuff like that, I just take that from, like, every single thing and try and mold that into, like, the perfect human and, like, try and look up to that person, but it's, like, a, it's just, like, a collection from every single thing and, like, yeah, like, taking, like, the strength from my mom. like, she's been a cop for, like, 30 years, she's just the hardest bitch and, like, my dad's the hard dude as well and just, He's like, also wants to be excellent at everything that he does as well. So it's just like, yeah. I'm just trying to take from everyone, I guess. So there's not really like a single standalone person. It's just like, I'm just trying to be the best I can and just take the best versions of everyone and just mold that into me as well. And I'm like, I'm never going to be perfect, obviously, but try and get to that, that point before I die. So well, i love yeah, that, just brother. Try and be as best as I can, I guess.
1: All those ingredients are topping you up and, and making you do incredible things. So, like
0: the Powerpuff Girls.
1: Bloody old, I love it. Bro, it's a blessing to, to be a mate of yours. It's a blessing to follow your journey. Thanks. It's a blessing now to have you on the show and have you as part of the fabric of a lot to talk about. So I'm going to make sure that all your social links and I'll put the Costa Cosy Vizio in the show notes so people can click in, watch you, follow the journey and see all that's to come in 2023 and beyond um Zachy anil thanks so much for being a part of the show mate thanks so much for having me it's just fucking i've been like watching you for so long and you're
0: so i'm gonna be on that podcast one day so you get some like big names on here and stuff so i don't know if i'm gonna be able to like live up to those expectations from those guys but yeah it's just yeah it's an honor Thanks. For
1: expectations having me. are crushed already brother, <laughs> so thank you Sweet. <coughs>